Last week we talked about sowing Thanksgiving. Amen. It was a good week for that. Amen. Or I guess it was, was it last week. I think it was last week. And so um, this week I'm going to come out of the Gospel of John and I'm going to kind of um, come at it from a different angle today a little bit. And uh, Gospel of John, we're going to do chapter 14, please. So let's turn to John 14. Hallelujah. John 14. Did you come to receive today? All right. Now, you know, for whatever it's worth, um, the word overcome uh, means to conquer. It means to subdue. It means to prevail. Uh, so whatever it is we're talking about conquering or overcoming, uh, we need to prevail. We need to overcome it. Amen. We need to conquer it. Praise God. But I've noticed uh, a lot of times people have a tendency to cope and not conquer. It happens, you know, for whatever reasons. Um, to settle uh, instead of subdue. Uh, you know, to, uh, to put up with things instead of prevailing over it. Come on now. It happens. And, uh, you know, for different reasons. And so... Uh, today, I'm, I'm kind of coming at it from that angle a little bit, and uh, so hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll minister to you. I believe it will if you have an ear to hear it, praise God. John 14, verse 12 says, Most assuredly, now a lot of us are familiar with this verse, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Is there any believers in the house today? Amen. Now, it's, um, it's kind of a key word in this uh, text uh, to believe here, uh, pistio is, is the Greek word. It comes from the word faith, of course, piste. Uh, but it means to have faith in or to entrust or to have trust in or commit to trust. So he's saying here, is there anybody in here that, you know, will trust me? Okay. Uh, so I say to you, he who believes in me or trusts in me, amen, has faith in me, the works activities and uh, actions, deeds, okay, that I do. Now, this is Jesus talking. The acts or the works that I do, He will do also, right? Who, who, who's going to do it also? Who? Believers. People that are going to trust in Him. Okay, so the same works that He does, is the same works that you'll do if you'll trust Him, right? And then it says, and greater works than these He will do because I go to my Father. Now, obviously, this is Jesus talking, so, you know, he, how many know He's done some pretty great things? Come on now. And then He's saying that you're, you're going to be able to do some of those same things, right? Those same things, and even greater works, which is a key because we'll, it's going to come up here again. But greater works than these uh, He will do because it says here, uh, I go uh, to my Father, all right? Now, let's uh, read uh, on past here, verse 13. And whatever you ask, look at your neighbor and say, sometimes you got to do some asking. All right? Whatever you ask in my name, uh, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, okay? If you ask anything, look at your neighbor and say, you got to do some asking, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That's a pretty big promise. And it's in red. He goes on to say, if you love me, okay, now it says, if you love me, 
See, before he says, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, but now he's asking, do you love me? Uh, you know, do you, you know, can you, can you, you know, can you, you know, open yourself up to me? Do you love me? All right. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, the word commandments here actually is the word commands, okay, or utterances, words spoken, something stated, something said, okay, so it's not really like talking in the sense of uh, the Ten Commandments, that kind of thing, okay. It doesn't exclude it by any means, but but you have to understand in context what's going on is there are things being said, and he just wants to know, do you love me enough to follow it? Okay, verse 16, amen. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like you could use some help. <laughs> some of you really need help. Anyway, praise the Lord. How many know we all need help, Amen. All right, so he's saying, listen, I'm not, you know, you're you, you all going to need help, so I'm, a, I'm not only going to ask and lead and stuff, I'm going to give you some help, praise God, amen. All right, verse 17, please, amen. The spirit of truth, so he's defining who our help is, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Well, because the world doesn't see him or know him. But the word says, but you know him. See, so talking to believers. Any believers in the house today? Anybody in here love God? I mean, you really love God. I mean, you love Him enough that if He gave you a direction, you'd do it. Got a little weaker on that one. Amen. See, that's what I'm talking about right there, see. All right, so the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because they don't, they don't see the Spirit of God. They don't know the Spirit of God. But you know Him. Why? Because He dwells with you. And will be in you as a believer, right? Verse 18, amen. I will not leave you orphans. Orphanios. Okay, which actually we get our word orphan, okay? Is the Greek word orphanios. Okay. So I will not leave you orphan. I will come to you. Now let me define uh, the word orphan again. It, you know, it just uh, when you look it up, it it you know, it's where we get our word orphan. It's the, the word that we get it from. And, uh, but it means uh, um, fatherless. It means parentless, okay, which makes sense, right? But it also means um, helpless or without help, okay? So he just gets done talking about he's giving you a helper, amen, so you won't be helpless, Right? And he says, I leave you not, right? I, I, I will not leave you as orphans. I will uh, come to you, okay? Now, uh, this word here, uh, to come uh, to you here, actually, it's uh, the word come here, urochromio, um, okay? I don't know if I pronounced that one totally right, uh, but it just means I will go to you. But here we go. I will appear to you. In other words, something you're going to see. Come on. I will appear to you. I will accompany you. And it literally means uh, to pass on in the sense of passing on information, amen, or a voice, okay? So I will not leave you without help. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to accompany, accompany you. I'm going to say some things to you, 
I'm going to try to get some information to you when you need it. Why? Because you need help. And sometimes the only thing that we lack is just some information. Okay? So, back up to verse uh, 12 again. Let's go ahead and do that. And um, because I'm, I want to challenge your thinking a little bit today. Who'd have thought, right? Uh, most assured, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Now, most of the time, you know, we get to meditating on that, talk about the works of God. Uh, we, we have a tendency usually to run down the road and think about, you know, signs, wonders, miracles, uh, things that were performed uh, to, you know, heal, deliver, set the captive free, uh, bring, you know, raise the dead, cast out devils, uh, you know, uh, heal the leper, or, you know, and, and all the kind of things. And it doesn't, it doesn't exclude that by any means. That is definitely... But sometimes you have to see that there's more works that he did than just signs, wonders, and miracles. He also dealt with issues. He also defused some problems. He also resolved some conflicts. Are you still with me? I spent uh, almost the whole day yesterday just going through the Gospels and just spending some time just kind of going all through it, looking at, uh, you know, all the things that Jesus, you know, did and said. And, and it's amazing uh, the dozens of situations that he diffused or um, eliminated um, dealt with, I don't know, you know, whatever, how you want to word it, um, that it didn't require a miracle. All it required was some words. And so, um, you know, he, uh, going along, and of course, he was challenged in a lot of areas. There was a lot of personal challenges that came his way, or the people that came to him had a lot of personal challenges or even conflicts. I was kind of looking at a lot of the conflicts that, that, he took, that took place, family conflicts and racial conflicts, political conflicts, religious conflicts, the truth. You know, how come you believe this and we believe this? He had a lot of that. Still with me? Yeah. I mean, even the disciples one time came to him and said, hey, you know that group over there? You know, they're going around praying for everybody in your name and casting out devils and stuff, and they don't even... They don't even they don't even follow us. What are you going to do about it? And Jesus said, well, if they're not against us, they're for us. Leave them alone. You think, well, they should be over here with us. He didn't seem to have a problem with it. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's financial things and issues. And uh, there's life and death situations he had to deal with. You know, a woman, you know, was brought to him who, uh, you know, had committed adultery and and uh, her, her life's on the line because they're getting ready to stone her. And so anyway, uh, uh, you know, they said, what do you think, Jesus? Now, of course, they're trying to hang him up. And, you know, for, for our Wednesday night crowd, that was a, one of those texts we used for a couple weeks there, about a month back or a couple weeks back. But um, Jesus said, uh, you know, he stooped down and kind of doodling on the ground a little bit while they're all talking and 
And everybody's kind of got their ideas of what he's writing or what he's doing. And I don't even know they was writing anything. I kind of almost under the impression, I don't think he was writing anything. I think he was just doodling on the ground because he's getting a word from God. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, and we won't know till you get there. And you can ask him yourself. Not that it bears any difference on our salvation. But the bottom line is, if you want to know, I'm sure he'll tell you. But I just had the feeling he was just kind of doodling on the ground because he's just getting a word from God. Well, then he, you know, he makes a declaration and he says, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. He without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. I'll let you start. Yeah, if anybody could have, he could have, right. But, so, you know, one by one, the word says that from the oldest to the youngest, which kind of makes sense, right, that the older bucks kind of get it. It takes a while for the young bucks to get it. They're a little gung-ho, and they don't care. They just want to kill somebody. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of how it works, you know. And, but they all one by one left, and so Jesus uh you know, in the meantime, he's down doodling on the ground again. He kind of stands back up and he says, uh, Hey, woman, where's your accusers? Well, she goes, looks around. She's saying, Well, I guess they're all gone. He goes, Well, I'm not here accusing you either. He said, How about this? How about this? How about if you just uh, go and sin no more? How about that? So we don't have this happen again. So this situation, this woman's life, really, in a sense, was spared because of a word. So most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, you will have confidence in me, trust in me, have faith in me. The works that I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And I'm going to, I'm not only going to go there, I'm going to send you help because Lord knows you need it. Right? So I'm going to give you some help because, see, you too are going to have moments of conflict, issues, things to work through, things to deal with. You're going to have personal issues and people problems sometimes. And, oh, Lord knows family things. You know them family problems you have once in a while. But, you know, with all the, you know, the issues and the conflicts and struggles, nowhere in there does it say ignore it and act like it didn't happen or try to avoid it. We're called to deal with some of these things. Some of the things that we're trying to overcome, we're still trying to overcome it because we're too busy looking for relief instead of results. And we just want relief out of our thing instead of dealing with some things and actually get some true results that are permanent. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen. So um, turn with me uh, back uh, further into John here. We're going to go to chapter 5. And hopefully tonight or today, um, this thing here will, will open up for you where you can grab hold of something uh, cool today. Amen. John 5, and, and I'm going to read a few verses here, some verses that we've touched on before over the year, 
but um, I want to just kind of read it and then kind of move you forward here. Uh, Jesus answered, verse 19. Okay, now what's, uh, uh, he, he, right now he's got some conflicts and people are a little upset with him uh, because of what he did on the Sabbath. And they're all bent out of shape because, you know, how dare he have the gall to, um, you know, to do something they don't agree with. And um, so anyway, uh, verse 19, and Jesus answered. Everybody say he answered. <laughs> he answered. And he said to them, most surely I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Now, obviously he's seeing something. And so what he sees then is what he does. Are you still with me? Okay. For the Father, verse 20, for the Father loves the Son. Amen. And now according to uh, chapter 17, Jesus makes it real clear that the same Father that loves Him loves you. It literally says loves you just as much as He loves Him. Okay, now keep that in mind. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things, amen, that He Himself does. Come on. All things that He Himself does, and it was showing Him things, and He will show Him, oh, greater works than these, that you may marvel. Still with me? Let's, let's skip to the end of the chapter, or uh, verse 30, actually. We're about 10 verses down here. Verse 30 says, this, I can of myself do nothing, He repeats Himself. Now, He's just making it clear. Now, I just want you to know, uh, you know, if you go to chapter 15, we find out that we and ourselves can do nothing. What a concept. So he says, you know, uh, you know, without his help, you're in trouble. Now, how many agree with that? So let me ask the question again. How many believers in the house today? How many believers in the house? How many are going to trust God, rely on God, have faith in God, have confidence in God, and actually have a love for God that when God would begin to lead, direct, and guide, that you're willing to follow that? All right, all right. So I can of myself do nothing, but as I hear. Now he's talking about hearing something, not just seeing something. Now he's talking about hearing something. He says, as I hear, I judge. It literally just means to make a judgment call. And my judgment is righteous, or it's right. It's right. Why? Well, because I'm not seeking my own will, but I am seeking somebody's will. Amen. I'm not seeking my own will, but I am what? But the will of the Father who sent me. Okay, now the point being made is there are times that the Spirit of God shows him things and there are times the Spirit of God says some things to him. I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you without help. And I'll come. I'll, I'll show you things. I'll get information to you. I'll show you something. I'll appear. I will accompany you. I'm not going to leave you, uh, you know, out there in the cold. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to leave you without. I have answers for you. The problem is we can't get nobody to shut up long enough and listen. Because we seem to forget that I can't of myself do nothing. Put chapter 12 and verse 49 and 50 up there. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me. Now this is Jesus talking. He said, I'm not even talking on my own authority. You know, one time he was asked, this is one of those conflict things. He was asked, he says, you know, um, Jesus, why don't you tell us uh, 
On whose authority are you saying these things and doing these things? Well, you know, he knows it's just another little ploy of the, you know, little trick they're trying to do and catch him in his words. And so he said, I'll tell you what. It's just how cool he is. I'll tell you what. Um, I'll answer your questions if you answer my questions. And they go, okay. All right. He said, uh, the baptism of John, was it of God or of man? And they sat back. They all kind of got back. What do you think? I don't know. You know, if we say of man, they're all, everybody around us is going to be, you know, ticked off at us. And if we say of God, then we're going to have to admit that he's from God. <laughs> so he hung him, right? So, amen. So he stand back. Okay. Well, um, we don't know. He said, well, heck, I ain't answering your question either then. They wouldn't have received it anyway. He knew that. And he knew they wouldn't answer. Now, where did he get that? Where did he get all that wisdom? Where did he get all that help? Where did he get those? How did he know what to say to diffuse that? How did he know how to deal with that conflict without it just, you know, going all ballistic on everybody? Verse 50, please. And I know that his command, that same word that we read in chapter 14, all right? And I know that his command, his utterance, what he says is everlasting life. Amen. It's not talking about someday in the sweet by and by. It's talking about that quality of life that you've got in him, the God kind of life, the abundant life. Amen. That when God leads that's how you get to abundant life. You have to understand that your quality of life, in other words, the abundant life that you're called to is going to be contingent on something, John 10 tells us. It's going to be contingent on how well you will hear and follow. So he's saying, listen, God leads, I follow. It worketh. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So we see clearly, and there's other references throughout this, especially in the Gospel of John, of times that He is showing us things, times that He's speaking things. So the, sometimes Jesus actually gets a picture or impression in His Spirit and he knows what he needs to do, amen. He gets a word inside, and he knows what he needs to say. And uh, how many know it's the same thing for you and me? Uh, let's put a, just a couple quick references. Put the Proverbs uh, reference up there if you do that for me, Micah. Um, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both, amen. Now, I, I believe he's really talking about the spiritual aspect, not just talking about just a natural ear and a natural eye. Amen. Of course, he made that too. But the, the hearing ear, an ear that can hear. See, how many times Jesus asked, those who have an ear to hear? Because not everybody does. Some people just, you know, it's just sound, you know, reverb, you know, 
reverberating or reverberating or whatever. Anyway, reverberating. <laughs> Get it out there. Reverberating. Going in one ear and probably out the other one. Because they didn't really have an ear to hear. And not everybody has a, an eye to see. The word talks about opening the eyes of our understanding. Everybody say opening the eyes. Opening the eyes. See, that, that, doesn't, that means that, that some people need their eyes opened. The eyes of the understanding to open with enlightenment, it says, so that you may know some things. So sometimes uh, the, uh, you know, the eye isn't open, the ear isn't open. But God says he's made them both to work. Uh, put, uh, is it uh, Matthew 13? Is that the next one? Thank you. But blessed are your eyes. In other words, they're asking him questions about parables and things like that. And he says, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Talking to his disciples. Amen. He's not just talking about natural things, because they're talking in context about something being said, and they're trying to decipher it all. He says, listen, you, you got ears that can hear if you let them. And you have an eye that can see it if you will let it. You just got to be disciplined to let it happen. Are you with me? Most of the things in our lives can be diffused, overcome, conquered, come on, just by getting the word from God and following it. Sometimes it's in a statement, sometimes it's in an action. But the same works that he did, you can do too. And greater works than these. Well, what greater works? Well, the things that, the, like he said to Jesus, the things that he shows you and leads you. The greater works. Hmm. You know, I, I uh, you know, like I said, last, yesterday spent a lot of time in the Gospels. And so, you know, just... So many of the situations that he was involved in. I was thinking of, he comes into the city of Nain, and um, he's coming in with his posse, and they're all kind of going into town. And just as they're going into town, there's a group of people coming out of town. And um, as they're coming out of town, he notices there's, there's a coffin, an open coffin, and a procession of people. And the... You know, he notices, and obviously I understand what's going on. It is a widow woman, and that is her only son in that coffin. Now, he's going into town. Now, we don't know uh, whether he already picked it up, because sometimes he would go off to a deserted place. Now, listen, that's key. And sometimes he's just going along, and he gets that impression God shows him something, or says something, but he knew that that is a widow woman and that is her only son in that coffin. Now, no parent should ever have to bury their kid. That's a fact. But how many know he didn't stop every funeral procession? Come on now. But he knew enough to do this, and so he turns to the widow. Remember, he's going in town. They're all coming out of town because... They're heading for a burial. He gets a word. He says, ma'am, 
don't weep anymore. We're done with that. He puts his hand on the coffin, and everybody stops. Where it says they all stopped. He put his hand on the coffin, and then everybody stopped. And then he just had a word. Young man, get back up. And this young man sits up in the coffin and begins to talk. And now we have a revival. Right. Now, of course, that leads to a miracle, no doubt about it. I mean, the raising of a dead, there ain't no other way to call that. But you know, it came from a word. <clears throat> I think of so many things that happened that just based on getting a word. Do you think we should pay taxes to Caesar? Because <laughs> they're thinking to themselves, because if he says no, man, the government's going to crack down on him, man, I just know it. And if he says yeah, then all the people are going to leave because nobody wants to pay taxes. We got him on this one. No, we got him. He said, well, you know, let me think. Anybody got a coin? Huh? You got a coin? Well, yeah. Can I see it? Thank you. Whose inscription is on this? Well, that's Caesar himself. Well, then, you know, give Caesar what's Caesar's and give God what's God's. Okay. You just feel the air coming out of their tires. Another time he was asked, does your master pay the temple tax? So he looks over to Peter and says, what do you think, Peter? Well, you know, had a whole scenario about the sons and whether you're a son or not a son. And he goes, he goes well, you know what? Just so we don't get everybody all offended at us, let's go ahead and pay it. We're all part of the family. It doesn't hurt. He said, I'll tell you what, though. Here's what we're going to do. Why don't you go fishing, Peter? Peter's like, okay, now that's what I'm talking about. You go out there fishing, I'm going to tell you what. You're going to throw your hook in, and you're going to pull up a fish. Now, the first fish comes in on your hook is actually going to have something for you in its mouth enough to pay both yours and mine goes and gets his little bamboo pole hallelujah <laughs> goes out there off the dock throws her out there praise ye the lord sure enough pulls her up and look at looky looky winner winner chicken dinner i tell you what Where is he? Where is he? Where is he coming with, up with all this? Where is, what is the deal? How does he know what to say? Help. And so, 
he, that same helper is trying to help you. But Jesus would always be disciplined enough to be still enough. In fact, put Psalms 46 on the board. Be still enough and actually know and trust and believe that He's God. The word uh, here, to be still, let's see if I put it in my notes. It means to stop and to be attentive. In fact, if, if I was to put a title on this, which I did, I kind of always title my messages, at least for me, and sometimes I think they use the same titles out there when they, you know, pass them on. But um, I put a disciplined attentiveness is really what, what this is about. Because sometimes we don't deal with something because we get too big a hurry. We don't stop and just stay alert. Come on, somebody. Something's going on, and we have a tendency to not be disciplined enough to just chill out for a second. We get caught up in everything that's going on. Next thing you know, we're doing something that's silly. We just botched up the whole thing. But he says, sometimes you got to learn how to be still, to stop and be attentive. Because the same God, the same Spirit, come on, that was showing the, our Lord and Master things and saying things, commands, utterances, statements, things that he would say, he's trying to do the same thing for you and me, the same works that I do, you're going to do, but you're going to have to listen a little bit. You're going to have to be somewhat attentive. You've got to be disciplined enough to not get all caught up in everything. Take a chill pill. Settle down. Come on, not get so worked up. Be still and know that I am God. That word know is a word that speaks of of a level of intimacy with, um, but it also means to ascertain by seeing. I thought that was amazing. So even an old covenant verse, and he says, listen, if you just be still. Now listen, you have to understand that this is, this is accurate because Jesus actually was operating out of the old covenant because of what he did is what paid away for the new covenant. But the whole time, his three and a half years of ministry, all the stuff, it actually happened and operated out of the old covenant. Now, even though Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are in the new covenant, all but about the last couple pages of each one of those books is still part of the old covenant. So Jesus learned how to be still and to know, to ascertain by seeing. And to hear some things, because he says, I can't of myself do nothing. But man, there's somebody that can. And somebody that knows everything that's going on, and there's help. And he says, listen, the same things that I do, you're going to do. He said, in fact, we're going to make it even easier on you, because I'm going to send you a helper. I maybe can't be here in the person with you, but I'm going to send a helper that will be in you and with you. Come on, somebody, right? Now, the world doesn't get it. So it should be the same kind of scenario where all of a sudden there's conflict, there's an issue, there's this, and all of a sudden 
because you're still and you know there's a word that you can say that can diffuse a situation, amen, that can turn this thing around, make this thing right, amen, eliminate a problem. Why? Because, hey, the helper has just given you some help. Are you still with me? Okay, Psalms 1, because this is, when you start hearing all this, and Psalms 1 starts really making a lot of sense. Now, remember, or not Psalms 1, uh, James 1, I'm sorry, James 1. Um, James, of course, is the half-brother of Jesus, he, uh, the, the James that wrote this. Uh, he grew up in the same household, okay, he's a half-brother of Jesus. And uh, so James has got a lot of insight, and uh, actually the book of James is a pretty powerful book. And uh, so in the beginning of James 1, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and turn mine to that too. James 1, verse 2, please, says this. My brethren, talking to the church, right, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, most people ain't going to do that because, good night, nobody wants to be under a trial and a test. I mean, are you kidding me? I don't want pressure. What do you mean be happy about it or be joyful about it? I mean, really? I'd rather be mad. I'd rather say something. I'd rather kick, kick the dog. I'd rather, you know, or the cat. But I'd rather, you know... I'd rather, you know, punch my fist in the wall or something. And I'd rather, you know, say some things that I know I'm going to have to repent for later. I'd rather, you know, let people know how I feel. Because my feelings are important, you know. Okay. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith. Words, you're being opposed right now for what you believe, what you stand, who you are in Christ. It's all being, it's all it is. It's just coming at you, war with you. It's just conflict. It's just an issue. And if you think for one second that you're going to be without conflict, it's like, what planet are you on? There's conflict at every turn. I, that was the thing I think I, I noticed the most. Now, I know that the Gospels really transpired out of about a three-and-a-half-year period, for the most part, at least the, the story of Jesus, was the majority of it was pretty much about three-and-a-half years. And that boy, I mean, it was like every page I turned, I thought, well, there's another one. Well, there's another one. Well, there's another one. It's like, it's like everywhere he went. Conflict, issue, problems, healing, conflict. I mean, just, I mean, just things. Bring healing, bring deliverance, bring uh, another conflict, another, another issue. Another, and it just seemed like everywhere he went, it's like it followed him. And then here we are now, got the greater one on the inside of us, the overcomer himself on the inside of us. And then we get, you know, like what's the scripture talk about? Uh, you know, don't think it's strange. But the same pressure is now on you. But you have a helper. You don't have to be overcome by it. You don't have to be, you don't have to come under it. If he tries to run over you with the bus, just all you have to do is stop the bus. You know, knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces something called patience. And verse 4 then says, but let patience, what, have its perfect work. Now, all patience really, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the English word patience kind of loses its punch. 
a little bit. And, uh, you know, we kind of almost, it almost kind of breaks down to, you know, like settling for seconds best or something. You know, just be patient. I know nothing's going on your way and nothing's working like you want. Just be patient. I know the light's red. Just be patient. Oh, I hate the red light. <laughs> right? Okay, maybe I'm alone on that one. <laughs> My son says, Dad, you make me nervous when you're driving. Darn right, baby, I conquer. Okay. And if you were in front of me, I'd pass you too. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so, better get spiritual here. All right, so, but let patience, okay, so what does patience mean? The word patience, uh, uh, the Greek word for patience, all right, means to be constant, to be consistent, or consistently constant. Now, listen, that's all, it's all key here, okay? So, all of a sudden, you're being pressured. All of a sudden, there's conflict. All of a sudden, there's an issue. All of a sudden, hey, what about this? Your face being tried. What are you supposed to do? Well, you get mad and you freak out and you punch something. No, you stay consistent. Stay cool. Don't blow your cool now. This is where you can shine. This is where the miracles happen. This is where the breakthrough is. This is where, praise God, if you remain patient, hallelujah, you'll have its perfect work. You'll be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Well, that sounds kind of cool, Pastor, but what do I do? Just stay cool? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what else to do? Put your shades on. So if they look at you, your eyes are twitching. and so nobody's going to see it. Be patient, right? Be consistent. Let it have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, verse 5, what do you do when, well, if any of you lack wisdom? Remember he said earlier about asking? If you ask anything, I'll do it for you. He says here, um, if you don't know what to do, you got to be a little bit disciplined about this. Because everything in you wants to jump the gun, do, say, react, respond. And he says, listen, if you don't know what to do, then let's ask. Okay? Let's ask. Now, the word wisdom, you know, I love you know, studying on wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. Where it talks about being filled with the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation and the knowledge of him. See, and the word says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, it says in Ephesians 5. Now, so wisdom's there. He says, listen, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. In other words, he ain't holding nothing back and without reproach. In other words, there are some situations that you're involved in that it was your fault. And now you're asking for help. He's going, thank you. 
because you need it. So if you lack wisdom, I've got plenty of it. Let me help you, all right? And even though you deserve what you're going through, he says, I'll give it to you without reproach. I won't hold nothing against you. So I'm just going to give it to you because you need it. And it says it will be given to him. Now, again, wisdom, okay? The ability, amen, to live life skillfully. It is, uh, wisdom is uh, to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. Wisdom is a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. Wisdom is how to successfully deal with the practical affairs of life, whether we're talking business matters, people matters, or any other kind of pressure or conflict or concern or issue you may be dealing with. Are you with me with this? Now, let him ask of God. Ask God what? It's not a trick question. Wisdom. Why would you ask for wisdom? Because what? Because you can or because you need it. Thank you. Rick, he had a good answer there. Because a lot of times that's why I ask or what I, what I answer. But, so stop it. I'm preaching today, Rick. All right. Now, okay, here we go. So why do you need wisdom? Well, because there's your, your, your faith's being tried right now. And it's people stuff. Things going on. Now, it, it goes beyond just people stuff. But most of the time, that's what it is. That's, you got somebody opposing you. Something's happened. There's some kind of conflict, some kind of issue. And you're going along, and you know that you have to stay cool, stay constant. Don't never let them see you sweat. And, but sometimes you're in situations you don't, you don't have the insight. You don't know what I need to do. So he will show you things. He will not leave you without help, but will come to you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. With, um, with showing you or, amen, or releasing to you some information. In other words, he's going to say something or going to show you something. Are we still together? Now you have an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Pardon me, an ear to hear and an eye to see. You've already got that. Now whether or not you're using it might be another story. See, most of the time we're too busy. We don't take the time. We're not disciplined enough to stop long enough, get insight, get an answer before we jump the gun here. And most of our problems would be resolved. If we did this. So, verse 6. But. Which means we're still connected here to verse 5. Let him ask in faith. Ask what? For the wisdom of God. For what? For the help that you need for whatever you're dealing with. So let him ask in faith with no doubting. No doubting. So it means, okay, so there's another thing on you here a little bit. Okay, so I only got to be disciplined enough to actually ask, and you have to be disciplined enough to stay cool in the middle of it. Amen. But you actually, you can't be up and down about it either. 
So doubting, uh, the root word for doubt is dis, which means two, twice, again. And it just literally, the bottom line, when you break down the word doubt, it just means a second thought. So all of a sudden, you're going to God, let him ask in faith. I'm asking God right now for wisdom. Lord, thank you for wisdom in dealing with this situation. Oh, too long. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh. What am I doing? Oh, God, I'm asking for wisdom. Oh, my God. I just don't, these people are weird. I don't know what I'm going to do. What about this? How are the bills going to get paid? Oh, my But I'm asking in wisdom. I'm asking for wisdom. There we go. What happens when you doubt? It says... You're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Boy, ain't that the truth. Verse 7. For let not that man or woman suppose that he will, be, or that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why won't you receive anything from the Lord? Because he's holding back? No, verse 8. Huh? For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So the point is that this is it. This is, this is where this disciplined lifestyle has got to come into play here, is that somewhere along the line, would you just chill out? Would you just relax? Stop getting all caught up in everything. Learn to, you know, get a word. Learn to see something. Learn to take yourself aside for a second. If you gotta go hide in the bathroom for a second, excuse me, I gotta, I gotta go. Well, they need an answer now. Really? You sure about that? How about giving them the right answer though? And if you're all over the map, see, you're not going to receive. So let's back up verse 7 again. It says, for let not that man suppose he will receive anything. So what is the thing in context? Wisdom. Now, this applies to all, things, all areas of faith when you're dealing with faith. Okay, we get the whole James 1 deals with everything. But in context, talking about wisdom. Because you've you got your back against the wall, you got something going on, and you need answers now. Something's happening. So, he says, listen, if you, if you will ask, it'll come. But you're going to have to stay anchored. You can't be all over the map. You can't be up and down. You can't be, you know, inconsistent about stuff. Maintain a little bit of joy. If anything, at least put a smile on your face and act like it. Wish I had a pair of shades right now. <laughs> Psalm 62, put that up on the board. Psalm 62, <clears throat> verse 5 says this. Uh, no, 62, I'm sorry. Let me go to it. I must have misprinted on you. Sorry about that. Psalm 62 and verse 5. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Uh, my soul... Now, he's talking to himself, and this, this, is, this sometimes has to be your conversation. My soul, wait silently for God alone. 
Sometimes Jerry goes in the bathroom and he looks in the mirror and he goes, Roberts, knock it off. Because <sighs> sometimes my soul doesn't want to wait. I want to come up with my own answers, my own solution. At least I'll feel better for a few seconds. But usually it doesn't produce the results we want. So he says, my soul is commanding himself, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He's the one that's got the answers. He's the one I'm going to listen for. Verse 6, please. Hallelujah. says this, He alone is my rock. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Verse 7, praise God. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Now, let's ask the question one more time. Is there any believers in the house today? Yeah. Anybody in here who trusts God? Yeah. Who actually loves God? Yeah. Now, that God that you say you believe, that you trust, and that you love is the one trying to lead you every day. And so... All these things we get caught up with, the whole time there's an answer, there's some wisdom, there's, some, uh, there's direction, there's, there's something He'll show you, there's something, uh, there's something that He will speak, amen. And if you will be attentive, come on, learn how to be still a little bit, get an answer from above, and then follow it, because in that's where abundant life is. And so... We get so caught up. You know, I, I, I use this as an illustration. Um, um, I think it was a couple Wednesdays ago, I think, or maybe a few Wednesdays back now. And um, I don't know if I put down a reference or not. I don't know if I did, but um, I believe it's in Matthew 18. And... Um, um, it says that if you have an issue with someone, um, they've done you wrong. Literally, it even uses the word sin. They've sinned against you. In other words, they've done something they know they shouldn't have done, but they did it. And they, they you know, brought some kind of discomfort to you, pain, hurt, whatever. He says, he's a, here's, here's the answer for it. He says, um, go to them alone and talk to them about what they've done. And if they will hear you, it says you've gained your brother. He says then, if for some reason they don't hear you, then you go find someone else. And it says, it makes it clear because it says, it says, talks about a second witness. It's not just talking about your buddy. Got my buddy's got my back. No. Somebody that also knows what's going on. 
and the two of you then go and communicate with this individual. And they said, if they still don't hear, then go call on the church. That's the progression. It never happens that way. We're either going to go tell everybody or we're going to go call the pastor and make the pastor fix it. 90% of problems would be resolved if we'd go directly to that individual and say, listen, listen, um, what you said, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know the whole story. Maybe I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe I didn't hear you right. Maybe I didn't see it right. Maybe there's actually more to this story than what I saw or what I heard. So I would like to talk to you about what you did here and how it affected me. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Most people will not do that. Well, if I go there, I just know if I go there, huh, I'm going to do something I'm going to regret. Well, you're already doing something you're going to regret. You're already telling everybody else and their dog, putting it on the Internet. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Really? How about just go to that person, do it right? Now, here's the deal. This is why I brought it up. Because it's, well, it's opportunity for a conflict. I don't like conflict. You sure about that? Because the way you just went, you just created all kinds of conflict. Because if you do it the way he prescribed it, now listen, I'm not done. You got an ear to hear? 90% of problems would be resolved. And for the few extras that didn't quite bring somebody else that saw it, okay, all right, you're right. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, it talks about, amen. And then go to the church. I'm not opposed to helping you deal with your problem. But you've already made this thing so big. And now you want me to come in and fix it all. And all you've done now is put everybody in an awkward position. You run the risk now of that person being now embarrassed or offended themselves. Now they leave. You have no influence in their life now because somebody wouldn't just do what the books say. Now, why did I bring that up? Because most of the time we won't go to an individual because we just don't trust ourselves. I'm just not sure how they're going to handle it. I don't know what to do. How about, Lord, I need to go talk to this person. I need wisdom. Give me a word. Show me something to do. How to say it what not to say. I want to resolve this, not make it worse. I want to save my brother. Not, come on now. This is why churches have so many issues. And everybody just says, well, you know what, bless God, I'm just leaving. I ain't putting up with this stuff. I'll just tell you right now, I ain't putting up. Forget you, man. I'm done with you. I don't need this church anyway. I'll go to some other church. They're nicer. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> You're deceived. <laughs> You're deceived. They're all people are people. And it's out there no matter where you go. You go to the workhouse. You go to the church house. You go to your own house. Come on, somebody. Go to the grocery house. It doesn't matter. People are people. And there are things to deal with everywhere you go. 
So all he's saying is, listen, since you've got to be out there anyway, why not just be led? Why not just follow, you know, the leading of God or, or the thing that God shows you? Most of the time when people do something, they already feel bad because they already realize they blew it. And they get mad at themselves a lot of times. And so then they're just, oh, I can't believe Oh, I did something stupid again. Oh, I hate it when I do stuff. It's stupid. And then they turn around because they're mad. No, I'm intense. They turn around just a mess. So sometimes the stupid thing that was done to you was based on the fact that they had already done a stupid thing over there. They were so upset because they had a stupid thing over there. And then they come over and you got in the way of it. Blah. And so it had nothing to do with you. But now you're offended. And then you go tell everybody else and they're all borrowing offense. Everybody's offended. Let's be offended. Yeah. And Jesus is going, oh, my God. That's not the greater works. Years ago, I've been a senior pastor for this ministry since uh, 91. I was, uh, are you okay? I know it's time, but uh, I got one story. So anyway, um, I was youth pastor for... About four years for this ministry before I uh, took over the pastorate. And um, so this scenario happened basically 30 years ago, close to 30 years, 20, 29 years ago, I guess. And um, one day I was helping the pastor. We had a, a series of meetings going on that week, and I went up to take up the offering. And um, I still to this day do not have a clue what happened. Uh, but um, anyway, so the service gets done. I, I go, pastor asks, can I talk to you? So we go back to the office, and he, I'm sitting across the desk saying, hey, what's up, man? You know, oh, come on. He's like, I want you to leave. Uh, come back. I want you to leave. I want you to get your wife and leave my church and don't ever come back. I'm like, I wanted one of these numbers. Am I in the right house? What? I'm your youth pastor. I have no idea this day what happened. I knew I know he was under some duress with his family, some situations going on. I got kicked out of my church. So he was serious about it. And he said, get out. And so I got up. I thought, okay, well, I got to go find Trudy. And I said, uh, Trudy, we got to go. Huh? What, what do you mean? We're, I'm in a conversation. No, I mean it. We really have to go. <laughs> Trust me. So I left. We left, I mean, and uh, got home. And the whole time, I, I, I tried to tell her on the way out. What, I, I still I don't know what happened. I still to this day do not know. I seriously do not even know what happened. I must have said something that sparked something, and I, I don't know. So um, there you are. So... Um, I get home, and, and I know all I know in myself is I have to get alone. So I walked out the back door, walking on my back deck, and I just know I have to do this. I have to because I, I, I'm just like, what just happened? And so the Spirit of God, which was a common statement he would make with me because uh, it's just how he communicated with me. He'd just say, what are you going to do about it? So I know when he tells me that, 
that there's a wrong thing to do and there's a right thing to do. Well, I, I saw I'm having a conversation with so I said, but Lord, I, I believe that's my church and that's my pastor. He said, well, there you go. Okay. So uh, later on that day, uh, the pastor's wife called and found out what happened. It was all, oh, God, so sorry. Okay, sorry, he didn't mean it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And trying to, you know, and, and um, so we had already made up our mind by that time. Um, well, the meetings are tomorrow night again, so I'm going tomorrow night again. You going tomorrow? I'm going. I'm going. You going? I'm going. You going? I'm going. Because that's my church, and that's my pastor. So uh, I prayed. We prayed. We actually got together. We prayed over him and, and over his family. We knew that there was some pressures. We just didn't know how serious it was. And, uh, but obviously, I did said whatever, that something that sparked something, and he reacted. And uh, it never, ever did come up again. We did go back to the meetings. Six months later, I'm now pastor of the church. Six months. Now, what would have happened? I'm just saying. What would have happened in my life if I would have just said, you know what? Ain't nobody going to talk to me that way. I'll tell you right now, I laid down my life for that sucker. Go off and be offended. I tell you what, I want to go to no church anyway. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Where would I be now? Nobody knows <laughs> the troubles I've seen. Nobody. He knows my sorrow. Cling, 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 cling. 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 So he says, oh, you wouldn't go to jail. Really? You don't know me then, do you? Because without Jesus, nobody wants to know me. <laughs> yeah, tell him, Ann. Yeah, it's truth, wasn't it, honey? <laughs> oh, we'd handle it. Mm, we'd handle it. Mm, nobody wants to see that mess. So, thank you, Jesus. So, it pays that no matter what conflict, what issue, what circumstance, it pays to say, you know what? I'm just going to get still. I'm just going to put my expectation in God. Lord, lead me, show me, reveal something, speak to me. Tell me what I need to do here. Because I don't know what to do. And sometimes that's not a bad, bad thing. To be in a place where you know I only have one answer, and that's, uh, you know, and that's look up. So as far as I'm concerned, um, we all need to hear this. Yeah. Amen. So a disciplined, amen, you know, attention or, you know, being 
learn how to just be still at times and, and be cool about a few things and then get the word of God before you react, respond, or do something. Because you might be amazed how God will turn that thing around and all of a sudden, man, you know, I was thinking about, and you will, I mean, if it's a people thing, and you will have, you know, gained your brother. Well, that's a good thing, right? I mean, sometimes we're lonely because we've lost them all. So just, you know, it's, it's worth it to just be still a little bit, be calm a little bit, chill out a little bit, get a word from God, go forth with it, and see what God can do. Did you get some today? Yes. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. All right, watch it. Stand up. I appreciate you giving me a few more minutes on this today. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The works... That I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because you're going to have help from above. Hallelujah. Ain't that good? Father, we give you praise and glory once again. We're so thankful, Lord, uh, for your word, for these principles here today. Lord, thank you for an ear that heard and a heart that received today. Father, thank you, amen, for a people willing uh, to just... Give time to you. Give time to the Spirit of God. Give time, hallelujah, to get a word. Give time, praise God, to just get the right direction on the things we're dealing with. Father, I give you praise and I give you glory for it. Hallelujah. And we give you honor for it, Lord. If you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you've never accepted Him, boy, this, what a thing to do. This is, this is definitely the, the, the greatest thing, greatest decision, greatest step you could ever take is by receiving Jesus as Lord. Amen? If you're in here today and you say, Pastor, I've never done that, but man, I need to do that. Amen? Well, I would be honored if you would let me pray for you. Amen? If you're here today and have never done that, I would like to, amen, introduce you to my best friend, Jesus. Praise God. So if you're in here today, you say, Pastor, I've never done that, and I know I need to. Amen. I want you to wave at me, if you will. Anybody in here that says, I've never received Jesus as Lord. Amen. Everybody in here, amen. Do you all know Jesus? Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Praise God. All right. Well, we give opportunity, right? Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're saved. I'm so glad you're a child of God. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.